Hey, this is Jim. There's no doubt that we're living in extraordinary and difficult times. Um, sometimes it's difficult to make sense of what's going on in the world around us. Uh, we have pivoted the show, obviously, lately toward uh, business owners, gym owners, people who um, are dealing with customers and clients online, talking about how the world has changed for them in light of the pandemic. But uh, this week, this last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of stuff going on, even in our own community here. And um, so we wanted to turn to a friend of ours, Mr. Brian Washington, to help us get some context for what's going on and get his perspective. He uh, is a gym owner, actually a multiple gym owner. Uh, he is a he's from a uh, family that was involved in law enforcement for over 50 years. He is a black man and uh, we wanted his perspective. So this is our conversation with him uh, recorded this week. Uh, I hope that you will give it a, a close listen. Uh, it is at times difficult to, um, to hear the pain in his voice for um for what's happened, for what's going on in the community, for what we've all seen in that particular video. So anyway, uh, listen to this episode and, um, I can't say enjoy it, but I hope you learn from it. Thanks. With these black socks and these white, <laughs> white tennis shoes. <laughs> uh, it's going to be like that. The rest of my life, I'm morphing into my father. <clears throat> Every day he's just looking down like, ah, I told you. I don't think I've done that yet. Maybe with that beard. Yeah. Well, when you have kids, that's when it's, that's when it happens. I don't know if that's happening. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> good for you. Yeah, we're staying away. <laughs> I got kids. I you got look two. like your dad. I got two. Uh, I don't look very much like my, my dad, and uh, neither one of my kids really look like me. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I mean, if you uh, see us all in one, one picture, you got, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely they're related. Yeah. But you can't go, <sighs> mm, except for calves. Oh, okay, you pass the calves down to them. Yeah, Something exactly. Else. Yeah, they uh, they all got calves. Pass some calves over here, man. My uh, those aren't too bad. Yeah, not bad at Thank all. Thank you. That's a compliment. My look at that. I mean, that's pretty bad. People always give me shit like you got them. You got Kenyan Martin calves. I'm like, I'm okay, but he could jump. Yeah, and I think my excuse is like, well, I got big quads, and so it's an optical illusion. There we go. Yeah, I'm gonna start using I, that. Yeah, I don't. Illusion. I don't have big quads. I have big calves. Yeah, I, I squat quads. a lot. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I'm gonna start using that, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, old friend, our guest today, Absalom Jones. What is that? Okay, <laughs> well, that's a great question. I like the way you started we'll start that. There. So, when I was in the um, eighth, ninth grade, this guy Cornell was like a super cool dude in my neighborhood, and myself and a couple of friends were like rappers. So um, he had this group that he called the. He was just kind of making up a group. So he got myself, my friend Stanley, and another kid, David Cleckley, and he called us the Abstracts. I was like the first kid that he put in the group. So I, I like kind of changed it down to like abstract one. I would like tag on walls when I was younger. So that's kind of where the abs came when from. When I was younger. When I was, <laughs> when I was much younger. So um, that's where that came from. But now my grandfather, um, <clears throat> excuse me, was a Methodist, um, an African Methodist Episcopal preacher. And he, his name, Richard Allen, Richard Allen Washington. He was named after Richard Allen, who was the man that started the AME church. Um, his right-hand man, his name was Absalom Jones, and he was kind of like the go-between between the church and the people. So for me, um, as I got, I think I was like maybe in um, high school or so, my, my senior year in high school, I started to get more into like, you know, my family's history 
And I took on that name kind of as a stage name um, cool. as a rapper. But what's funny is that like everybody calls me abs and they think it's because of like, yeah. like my abs. And it just it puts an extreme amount of pressure on a person. <laughs> No more, no more pizza. None. Yeah. None. My name is Silent Mike. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. yeah no That's pressure. about as you accurate. Are the, you are the least silent person yeah. I know. Yeah. Then it just becomes ironic. It's fine. It doesn't really matter. Um, he was pretty silent to begin with. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was. Okay. A, it, it did. There was a reason to it, and it just sort of flipped on it. So I, I was young. It. I was young, and then you just kind of learn your place. It's a sports thing. Yeah. You, you don't just show up and be the loudest dude in the room. You Unless show you're Michael up. Jordan. Yeah. Even still, I bet you. I don't know. No. I bet you when he's a sophomore, junior, even a senior in high school, I bet you he's chiller. I bet. I you bet. would hope. I don't know. I really don't know. But Brian Washington, we go way back uh, nine years maybe now yeah. um, to where this variation of this podcast started. Uh, we trained together, hung together, knew a lot of the same people. Um, we've been trying for to better and for worse. Yeah, we put a, we put out a podcast every single week. Um, yeah. <laughs> through many things. We've all kind of been through some shit. 100% yeah. through the yeah. same people. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Through, through a yeah. lot of different same people. people. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's a strong uh, member in our community in Sacramento, which is a city I love. And I've just recently moved down here. Jim and I put out a podcast every single uh, week for years. Years. Um, and years. we didn't know how to put a podcast out this week. Uh, we don't know what to do. Uh, no one knows what to do. Uh, Brian's a father. Uh, he's a business owner. Um, Multiple business owners. He's right? a black yeah. man, if you guys care. Um, your father was a police officer. My father worked in law enforcement for 50 years. Um, and, and Brian's a, a huge part of our community, and that's something I've respected for him for a long time. Not only his energy and how he treats human beings, because I've watched him coach uh, with high energy day in and day out. And for those that watch Instagram, um, that's easy to do in 10 seconds on Instagram. But when you're in 100-degree heat weather and you're dealing with uh, 100 people a day and 20 people classes to have energy and actually care and say hi to people, look them in the eye, and let alone literally cheer them on uh, and coach them is a very difficult task. And that's why I stopped coaching. Uh, <laughs> it, it is. It's, it's impossible. Hard. People don't well, do right, it. It's hard. And not only is it, I, I, I'm close to saying it's impossible, but I've seen you do it. Uh, but people don't do it. People don't do it. They wane away. Yeah. Um, so your energy for life, your energy for people uh, and your perspective um, I think because you know Sacramento so well, you have your father's uh, thing, you have a business owner, uh, I think is so unique uh, that it, it was a clear no-brainer. I didn't come up with the idea. I wish I could claim it. It was, it was actually Connor and Jim came up with the idea to yeah, talk to. I, I was like, bro, I'm an idiot. Now I'm, I have to tell Brian to his face that uh, I did. That's, that's, I, uh, I appreciate you guys but, having me. But then as soon as they hit that, I was like, oh, we got to go chat with Brian. Like there's no, not a, I don't think there's a single human on earth right now I'd rather talk to you. Um, Fitness-wise, life-wise, we've already been talking for half an hour off camera joking around. Um, but, but with some of the real shit that's yeah. going on uh, and get a little uncomfy uh, in here. Yeah. It, this conversation is hard for people to have. There's no way to start it. Um, other than just to have it, yep. um, you know, <clears throat> excuse me for me, I, we, we are all in a place right now where you're trying to figure out what we do and you, you know, you said, what do we do? So think of it this way. It's going to be impossible for us to overturn 400 years of a way of thinking in a weekend from protest, um, or in two weeks down the line, the way we change this is by what we're doing right now. You're seeing people who you probably never thought you would see say things um, publicly about black people in favor of black people and brown people that you would never thought you would hear say that before. Um, and that to me is encouraging because people have been um, reluctant to say these things because it's very easy to be able to hide behind, um, I didn't know, right? So um, what I've been finding a lot of times with um, a lot of my white friends is that they tell me, man, I, I, I didn't know. Um, or, I mean, you would tell me these things, but I would think of them Maybe, maybe I didn't equate that to being something that I would have to deal with. And it's, it's very easy 
uh, for white Americans and especially white men to not have to deal with racism. And now that's not a knock, right? Sure. Because that's just where you are in life. And I think what people need to understand, especially uh, white men should understand this. Like, I won't pretend to speak for all black people. I'll speak for myself. I don't think that you should apologize for having your privilege because that's just kind of where you are. You were born into this. It's not something that you asked for. This just kind of happened this way. What I do think that you should do is you should be aware that you have a privilege and what that privilege affords you. So when we do that, we know that, okay, hey, I don't have to worry about walking around a store and um, being looked at as if I'm going to steal something. In fact, the only places I actually even, I'm a 40-some-year-old man who has enough money to buy things in stores that I go into, right? But even still, I feel uncomfortable when I go in places unless I've been in that place and I know the merchants of that place, which is typically why I shop local and at places that I know. Because when I go into a place that's unfamiliar with me, I've got this mustache, I have these arms and these legs. He's and jacked I, is what yeah, he's trying to say right, without well, saying he's I just, jacked. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't look like, you know, I'm not, I don't look like um, other people. Yeah. And even, not to say that I'm different from other black people because I'm not, but, you know, I sometimes dress crazy and I'm like, I'm, I will wear some hot pink shorts and sure. not care, right? But, you know, and those things sometimes can make people say, oh, I'm not sure what, this is about, right? Yeah. So you're battling, you know, all of that while also having to go through the world and um, know that you're being looked at differently. So for a lot of my white friends, the I don't know portion, okay, yeah, I get that, but now you do. So what do we do from that, yeah. right? Um, you know, and there's there's also this. You you hit on this. You were saying, we were talking about the energy and everything. You think about that amount of energy that I have, I have to bring every single day to work on every single one of those days that I have to bring this energy in, it's not like those days I come in here that I'm not, excuse me, hurting from something that has happened either in my community. Now, personal personal anguish and personal problems, those are things I think that all of us go through. So I don't pretend to think that um, no one else has to come to work with those. But what most of my white friends don't have to come to work with images of people who look like them being murdered on TV and being brutalized on TV. And then when you go to work, and this is something that may be a top story in the news, no one who's white in the room talks about it, right? Or even says, hey, how do you feel about this? What are your thoughts on this? Um, I'm sorry that this happened because that is a painful situation to go through. It's traumatic. It's traumatic to see people murdered. Um, It's traumatic to essentially be watching snuff films of black people being killed on TV and no one say, hey, that's wrong. Um, Or when they do say, hey, it's wrong, um, it comes with a caveat. It's wrong, but right now we're pushing the goalposts back. So, you know, we go through this time period where we, for... Years and years we tell you that, hey, this is what's happening to us from police officers. Police officers are just, they're doing whatever they want to to us, right? They're brutalizing us. And let me say that this is not all police officers coming from a family that um, my father was, you know, worked in law enforcement. So I know that there are a lot of good cops. I know that most of those guys go to work with the intentions to do good things. Um, But when we tell you that, hey, these are things that are happening to us, and then we are being told, oh, you guys are exaggerating, right? Okay, well, here's some video evidence. Oh, I got to see what happened before the video started. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, why? Yeah. Why do you need to see what happened before the video started? Because what I'm showing you right here should be enough for you to be angry. Right. This person is running away because they're scared for their life and they're being shot in the back. What's the threat? Yeah. Um, so Yeah, yeah. Th- what, what condones that? What, what, what would before or after the video make you feel like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It doesn't make sense. I think, oh. I think you're good. Am I good? Yeah. Uh, 
Let's see. Well, I can't hear myself. Ah, there we you go. Can't. All right. I can hear myself now. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Can you ask uh, that one more time? You said everyone's asking to see what happened before the video or yes. after the video, but what, what in... What could possibly what could, have justified that? Yeah, yeah, what, what are you looking for? You're we, looking for any little out. Like, why? We find these things. So when we had the Mike Brown case, the Mike Brown case was, you know, Mike Brown is shot. He has his hands up. And what we hear is that, well, he was stealing Swisher Sweets. Dude's trying to get high. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, that's wrong. But and here's the thing is that we know he wasn't stealing Swisher Sweets because the guy who worked there said he was buying Swisher Sweets. And they had an argument uh, from, from that, right? Yeah. So... Whether he was stealing Swisher Sweets or not, does that mean that this person should lose their life over a cigar? Yeah. All right? Like, what's life worth? And I, speaking for myself, if I see a person on television in tears because a dog got hit and a person was murdered and that doesn't strike you the same way, I, have to, I start to think about where your morals are. Right? We should all feel pain for animals because they don't have a voice. But you should feel more pain for a person who has a voice and is being persecuted. Like yeah. in front of you every day, all the time, because throughout this entire pandemic, while we are all locked down in our houses, the images that I was littered with was images of black and brown people being beat up by police officers because they weren't wearing masks. And then I see uh, people in white neighborhoods. And I live, in a, I live in a neighborhood that's a very nice neighborhood being passed out masks. I mean, the difference between my relationship with the police now versus what it was when I was a younger man is, is night and day. The police were, they drove by my house the other day a few months ago and saying happy birthday to my daughter. Okay? Yeah. Now, these aren't things that would have happened before in my old neighborhood, but and I was appreciative of it. Yo, thank you guys for coming through here. Um, there was three or four black cops that led that. Um, one of them, um, Officer Dyson, I got to give him a shout out. I always give him love because he's a good dude. Um, and, you know, just where's that at? That compassion right there, I need that, I need that energy all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and on my end, you know, what I read, what I learn, what I hear, is it? it is bigger than uh, one police department. It's bigger than one cop for sure. Yes. And it's bigger than one human. Like how we interact, how you interact, how we interact with other people around us, that's like the easiest part, to not be a dick. Yeah. Like that's not the issue right now. The issue is that it's only 100 years ago, this country was very fucking different. Dude. And it wasn't right? even that long no, ago. No, listen, this is, how, this is how far removed we are from, like, state-sanctioned racism, right. okay? Martin Luther King's birthday just became a holiday less than 30 years ago in Arizona, okay? My mother was bused to school, so I'm one generation removed from my mother being bused to a school. My wife and I, my wife who's Native American and Irish, our marriage in the state of California would have been illegal 50 or 60 years ago. So, and how far removed are we from that? Yeah. Right? We're not that far removed from these things. Yeah. And you, I mean, the neighborhood that you live in, you would not have been able to buy no. that house. No. Probably 50 years ago. That, Probably even less than that. In my neighborhood now. Yeah. Right now. Just not too long ago, my neighbor had the nerve to come over to my house as I'm playing music for my daughter. Walks up to me, looks me in my face and gives me the cut it sign. You got to turn the music off. I'm looking at him like, I mean, I don't know if you know that the, I'm not the 10-year-old that's having the birthday party. She's the 10-year-old. I'm the grown person. I'm her father. You're not going to tell me to come turn my music on. And like, 
for me, do I think there's any racial element to that? No, but I do think that for this older white man to be able to, like, the thought that he could come up to me and tell me that, hey, you got to turn your music off. Well, just have a conversation, right? All you yeah. do is go to me and say, hey, does my turn the music down? Yeah. So yeah. now now it's confrontational. Now, yeah. no, I don't want to turn my music off. What makes you think you can tell me to turn my music off? You know why? He's not going to my neighbor who lives directly across from me who's loud as shit every day because yeah. that yeah. white kid runs and gets in his Mercedes every morning and drives off. I'm like, this little guy's an asshole. Yeah. He, he didn't, I own this house. Like, I'm here to help make the neighborhood a better place, right? I'm bringing property value to this neighborhood. This guy is here being an asshole. He's having parties in the middle of fucking COVID. Am I, can I cuss? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm just yeah, sorry. Hey, hey, we, there's no filters. Okay. Uh, there's no filters to begin with. And today, I think, you know, okay. we raised even sorry. more filters. Yeah, but, you know, when we look at something like that, most people would look at that and say, well, he's tripping. Like, maybe the old man just wants you to turn the music down. Right. Okay, you yeah. say that. But from my experience, this is what I see. When I come into my neighborhood, he's, he, I've been there for two years. He, that's his first conversation with me. He's seen me for two years. What he could have done is come over and said, hey, how are you doing? My name is whatever my name is. I see you and your family here. I'd like to, I'd like to welcome you to the neighborhood. Yeah. But he didn't. So, and just conversely, like th- my, my thought process in the neighborhood, there's a, an older woman who lives a, like just over, the, um, just over the, the alley from us. Well, she's sitting outside one night a kid comes running down the street. Um, he jumps in her face, yells at her, and pushes her down without even thinking about it. I run down the street, yank the dude up. We give him a little something to his head. We, uh, we, we call the police department. When the police department comes, he fell and tripped. I was just picking him up and assisting him, giving him medical assistance. Okay? Yeah. Um, my neighbor comes around the corner. She's like, oh, my God, thank you so much for doing that for me. Um, you didn't have to do that. No, you, you're my neighbor. I did have to do that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I want to look out for you because you live on my block. Like, that's, sure. that's what neighbors do. Neighbors don't come two fucking years later for you moving on the block and then demand that you do something before they even introduce themselves to you. So this is kind of like what it's like to be in our neighborhoods. Or even, I'll give you another example. This place here, I'm a majority owner of this gym. Um, my good friend, Brian Francis, and I own this gym together. We work, he's, he, and I should say this, he's white and I'm black, and a lot of times people will say, you know, white Brian or black Brian. Right. And ah, I don't got a problem with that. That's what it is. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. an apt description. Yeah. He's black. Um, wait. <laughs> You're the white one. We're changing it. We're changing the world already. You know, he's white. I'm black. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, pe- people will say that and it, we it's it's never anything malicious and we're good with that. Right. So there will be times I had a, I had a young man one time tell me I, I have two different phones and I was working on both phones. He's like, why don't you just sync those phones together? I'm like, well, I like to keep my phone separately for whatever reason. Right. So. He's like, well, you should have Brian Francis help you with it. And I was like, well, why would I have him help me with it? He was like, well, you know, he just seems like he would know how to do something like that. I'm like, well, what makes you think that I would not know how to do something like that? Right. Right? He's just like, well, I, I don't know. I just, I just thought that, you know, like, well, I'm, like, no, I, I'm really curious what you thought. Let's call Asian Brian if we're I'm just like, throwing out stereotypes. I mean, what are we doing here? Well, yeah, what the fuck? What are we doing here? So, you know, when even there's other times where I've been in here and I've had people say, hey, can I speak to the manager? Yeah, how can I help you? Or are you the manager? How can I help you? Who's in charge here? You know what? There's the door. Get the fuck out. Like you could have sold something to me, but instead you have a hard time believing that I'm the person that's in charge here. Um, And like just those small things right there, they may not seem like much, but then that adds up. And now I go into the store and you're following me. And now I see a black person being shot on TV. And now I got to come to work. And now you don't ask me um, 
how I'm feeling having seen this person being murdered on television. Now I'm holding on to that resentment. And then three or four days goes by and that murder's over, but there's another one being shown on television. And three or four days goes by and there's another murder being shown on television. And like, we come back to the same thing and I come to work and I explode one day because of all of this energy and all of this stress and all of this anxiety. And now I'm the angry black man. Um, that's, that's where we are in this world. Like, yes, we're angry. I mean, wouldn't you be angry if you saw your brothers and sisters being murdered? If your father, who is a police officer, tells you when you're nine years old, you can't wear your hair like that. Why not? This is where all the kids in my school would know you can't wear your hair like that because you'll get killed if you wear your hair like that. Is it because of my hair? And I remember having this conversation with my dad. He used to tell me, you can't wear, you can't wear your clothes like this. You can't wear your hair like that. Um, and, you know, neighborhoods you live in, you know you can't wear certain colors. But... To not be able to wear my hair a certain way and to not be able to wear certain clothes because that would cause a police officer to do something to me. No, that's not, it's not my hair or my clothes because my father went to school and they wore suits. My father went to school and they cut their hair very short. My father was in the military, right? And they were fucking kicking your ass then. So is it my hair? Is it my clothes? Or is it the color of my skin? Like, don't patronize me with what I can and cannot be. I'm not allowed to be myself because if I'm, if I'm myself, I'm going to make someone else feel so uncomfortable that they have to project violence on me. Right? No one should have to live in that world. Excuse me. It's a <clears throat> difficult time, um, obviously. The thing, that, um, the thing that gets me about this current situation, and I think the thing that's made a difference this time is, you said earlier something that I've been thinking, that what we saw with George Floyd was a snuff film. Yes. Because it took so long. Most of the time, if we see a video, it's, it's a fight. Yep. Or, or someone's shot and it's very quick or whatever. This took forever. It yes. was excruciating. It was torture porn. It was, it was a snuff film. And you can relate to that because you... And everybody can relate every, to Everyone it. can relate to having had a dream where they feel like they're drowning. Yeah, exactly. I think that probably one of people's biggest fears is not being able to breathe. Yeah. And I really tapped into that for, for a lot of people. And people who normally wouldn't come out and say anything have been doing it. Yeah. And, I mean, yesterday on Instagram, everybody was, was posting the black square. And I saw a lot of criticism of that. And my take on that was, say you're in a crowd of people and – and somebody asks a question that has a bit of controversy to it. And so you, so somebody who is not secure about expressing their opinion and they're fearing how other people are going to react to their, to their opinion might not answer at all or, yeah. or, 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 or honestly. And the intrepid people, you know, respond first. So if somebody said, how do you feel? I mean, is this, are you upset by this? Are you upset by a particular thing? Or, or do you think that this thing, whatever it is, is wrong? And you see the intrepid people say, yeah, yeah, I think it's wrong. And the people who are a little bit more reticent go, okay, if I raise my hand, I'm not going to be alone. Yeah. And, and the more of that... I think the better. I can't criticize it uh, from from that perspective. So I I can I get where you are coming from from there. And I people have asked me um, about my opinion because yesterday um, we had a bit of an issue because I I don't I don't I should make myself clear. I I did not um, not support the Blackout Tuesday because I thought 
it's, it's a nice gesture to for people to be in solidarity and it gave people an opportunity to um, to have conversations that they would not have had before. So I think there was a, a lot of good that came out of it for myself personally. The way I felt was that I wasn't going to use this day particularly to be more uh, black because I'm black every day. And there was nothing that I could do that was going to express more of my feelings than I had already done over the course of the last week and the last few years on my page. Like a lot of people, you know, my, my page has it's, it's been insane over, from the last couple of days, right? So there are a lot of people who are just being introduced to some of these things that I'm saying. They think that this is like new, but people like yeah. yourself, you guys, you've known me. I, this isn't anything that's new for me. Like I haven't been afraid to say this. And one of the issues that we had was, um, and I give my business partner props for listening and understanding my perspective. He posted a picture of the blackout on our page. And from my perspective, we as a company had never said anything about the betterment of black people. We had never done that. We had spent plenty of time um, expressing our support for other groups, but we hadn't done anything for black people. And I think people expected because I was black that that was the representation there. And my, to um, myself, I should be held accountable as well because I probably could, I know I could have done more to be more vocal about my feelings about black people on our page. But, you know, I made this conscious decision that I would keep my personal business page its way and the company, because it's not hundred percent black owned, um, opinions about black people would be my own personal opinions. And if I were to put that on the page, it could cause maybe some issues with people, right? And I'm aware of that. And not that I'm looking out for my money more than anything, but I do have a business partner to look out for. And I couldn't put him in a position where, um, he would have to be answering questions. Now he has to answer questions anyway. Right. So, yeah. um, when that picture went up, my my feel was that we hadn't made any um, we hadn't made any any statements about how we feel about Black America up to this point, and there have been plenty of opportunities in the five years that we have been open to do that, and we had not done it. I'd done it on my own page, but we hadn't done it on our own personal page. And to do it that day, I felt like for me it was disingenuous. I don't think that any of our members felt it like it was disingenuous. So I put a statement out telling people how I felt, why I deleted the picture, and that, um, you know, we support black people, we support our black members, we support all of our members. Um, and I mean, we have people in here that don't believe the same things I believe. Listen, we have, we have people who work for a DA that I do not agree with anything that she does. She hands out mandatory minimums and like, like candy to black and brown people. Um, so I don't really agree with anything she says. The people that she has that works for are welcome to come in here and work out. Because when you come in here, I'm not going to hammer you about your job. Okay, you're, you're allowed to come in here and be able to have an hour or however much time it takes you to get your workout in, in here without having um, someone browbeat you about your job. But now if I were to say something about how I felt about black people on my page, they may not come here anymore, right? And now I'm putting my business partner in a position where he's like, yo, man, you fucking up the money. Yeah, yeah. Which is why we're in the situation now, right? Because somebody was fucking up the money. So now, yeah. oh, we got to talk about this race shit because y'all are fucking up the money. Yeah. So that's unfortunate. But that, if that's what we have to do to get here, because racism affects all of us. Like, whether people know this or not, like, it, it affects all of us. White people are negatively affected by racism also. Look at what it's doing to us now, right? If you had a business that was destroyed over this weekend, that's because of racism. It's not because of some kids who are just punks. That just didn't come out of nowhere. There's something else that started that, right? So... If you find yourself in a position where you're tired of talking about race and sports and shit, hey, it's here. Yeah. It's here. If we hadn't ignored it, 
three years ago when Colin Kaepernick was telling people that, hey, man, black and brown people are getting killed. Oh, this is about the flag. This is about the flag. This is about the flag. They hid behind the flag and they would tell white people got to give white people more credit. White people are not as racist as other white people think that they are. Do you guys ever realize that? Like, yeah. that white people think that white people are so racist that we can't talk about race with white people because white people are going to get offended. Like, the NFL, to me, when I saw the NFL did by the NFL saying that Colin Kaepernick can't play here because white people are so racist that they can't look at you, that's exactly what they were saying. They weren't saying because you were doing something to the flag. They don't believe in white people themselves, and that's white people. No, that's just y'all. You're all projecting your racism on other people. Yeah. Right? So now, what I got to do is I'm not watching your football games no more. And what you tell me is you say, hey, any, for any person who was offended by this guy kneeling and disrespecting, quote unquote, the flag, we're going to give you your money back from DirecTV. But DirecTV didn't say anything to black and brown people or even white people who supported Cap Colin Kaepernick about their money. So you know what I did to DirecTV? Y'all are going to give me my money back for this fucking season because I don't support this bullshit. So they gave me my fucking money back. And I haven't watched NFL football since then. I got four guys, five guys um, jerseys on this wall here. I love them to death. I support them when they're here on the offseason. I pray they don't get injured when they're playing their games. But I ain't watched. I had a guy in the Super Bowl last year. Couldn't watch it. Had a couple guys in the Super Bowl the year before that. Couldn't watch it. I, I can't. We can't support stuff like that. We just can't. And, like, when people put out disingenuous statements past that, it's just like, where are we at with this? Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think there's a couple things you hit that, that bring up next questions and thoughts in my head that <laughs> – the, the social media aspect and, and what to do, what are people doing, what should you do, is it's so multi-layered now. What are you doing? It's, what are you doing in your personal? No, 100%. Yeah. But, but there's more layers because of social media. Well, absolutely. So what are you doing in your personal life? Yep. What are your beliefs? What are you doing at the polls? What are you doing with your money? Absolutely. What are you watching or not watching? Absolutely. And, and then what are you posting? And and do you have to be perfect everywhere? No human's perfect. And no. We're not asking that. Um, but but And then the next thing, like you just brought up a great point to me and Kyle were talking about this this morning. And like, are there racist human beings? Yup. Yeah. Is everybody a racist? No. They're not. Uh, but is this system set up because of the things we were talking about earlier with our, our history? Yeah. That's like, where we started. In, in, in so many layers is our systems, uh, governmental, NFL, whatever it might be, really fucked. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, the first part we can start to change with those things I'm talking about, where you spend your money, where you go to the ballot. Absolutely. Who, who you're, who you're associating with, how you, how you treat people. I think, um, on a personal level, you know, like we're doing okay. Uh, but yeah. these systems are fucked. <laughs> I, I have kind of two thoughts about it. One of them is not controversial. And the other one I think is the one that's not controversial is that the biggest problem is a lack of empathy. Absolutely. People just don't, if you don't have empathy for, for other people, Absolutely. you're going to act like an asshole to you. Right. That's, that's just super clear. If a business doesn't have empathy for the community, they're going to act like an asshole. If a community doesn't have, have um, empathy for the citizens, the businesses, whatever, they're going to act like assholes. Yeah. It's just, that's just how it, how it is and to, to my mind. But the other thing is I hear people say, nobody's born a racist. They learn it. I don't think that's true. I think that some people are born because people are born with other terrible um, uh, personality traits. How the hell are they not born racist? So here's how I would say that I, I get where you're coming from, but I don't believe that. And here's why I would say I don't believe that. Um, are you, I think we are born with a, a few, um, a few like, I guess, I don't know if idiosyncrasies would be the word. But I think we're born with these, with these traits, these things that like, New, I was, was watching my daughter once, um, my oldest daughter. She was probably about 
I don't know, six or seven months old. And it was the first time that I realized that, oh, like manipulation is something that we learn early, right? Because she knew at this point in time how to get me to give her attention. I'm just going to cry. Yeah. Something's wrong with me, but I'm going to cry, right? I may be hungry. I may be something. And then you're going to set me down. I've been, I've been attended to, but I want you to hold me some more. So I'm going to cry some more, right? That's something that I think we're born with. Um, love in our hearts, I think that's also something that you're kind of born with, right? Because do I know that um, as an infant that, like, my, my, I, I guess in some ways I know this is my mother, but by the time I'm two or three, I love this person, right? Why do I love this person? Because they've been showing me love too, and I was born into this home of love. Unless something else happens, right? Kids are some of the most loving people ever. No matter what you do to them, they're still going to be loving. So I feel like we're born with that. The hate part, I think we're taught that. Um, I didn't, here's how I can tell you that, that hate is something that's taught. Should white people hate black people just if we're going by, by like, the history of this country, do you think white people just should hate black people? Like, there, they, they probably shouldn't, right? There isn't any real There's reason no reason, right? No. But do you think that black or brown people should hate white people? There's based, a couple of reasons. Right? Yeah, there's one but or two reasons. how many black and brown people do just profess their hate for white people publicly? Or even don't take white people into their homes, invite them to see their families, or when they're at work, make, become friends with them, Right? We could, we could easily have that hate, but we're not born with that, right? We're taught that. Even after 400 plus years of seeing all of these terrible things happen to us, it's not like we're out here kissing people's asses, but we're still not saying, oh, we're not, oh, because this white person did this to my mom, my dad, my family, I'm now born with this hate gene. Like, I get where, where you might think that, but I, I don't think so, man. I think we're taught that, and I think it's easy for us to, to not learn that because I've had personal experiences where I've seen people... My father-in-law changed his fucking tune, right? He wasn't racist he, at all. It wasn't like that at all. Um, but he was a heavy, heavy co- uh, conservative and where he lived, like, Republican supporter. And I would always say to him, I was like, hey, you know, I, I get why you might vote Republican by where you live, but, like, let's talk about some of the policies that, especially in your county, that are made for you that don't really apply to you, mm-hmm. right? And now... Look at your family. Your family's changed. The family dynamic has changed. So you were voting for a group of people who have um, routinely marginalized another group of people. And I'm part of that group of people. And you voting for that is a slap in my face because you know what kind of person I am. Um, Now you have granddaughters that are like that, right? So he changed his entire tune in that, the time that we, we, his, his daughter and I have been together for 21 years. So he's changed his tune. Like crazy to the point is like I got to get a carry and conceal license now, man, because I got two black granddaughters and I can't let nothing happen to them, right? That's that's just being and again, his father was racist as shit. His father was racist as shit, but he every time I'd see him, his dad was alive when his dad and I never had any issues with his with his father. I didn't even really talk to him, right? But what he would do is he would always, man, I'm, I'm super sorry, my you know my father, he's you know he just he's he's old, he's racist. And I'm sorry that you got to be in the same room with him. And he wouldn't even be saying anything, right? But that type of compassion, that type of heart, he may not have ever done that before. But he's doing it now because yeah. he knows that, hey, my, grand, my, my son-in-law is black, right? So, um, and like, there's that. And then there's one of the other things you guys were saying. Like, 
one of the easy things that we can do is really just speak up. I'll give you guys an example that we all share together and you may not have even noticed this. So there was a guy that used to work out at Midtown Strength um, who's a, a larger dude and he used to wear a bandana that was a Confederate flag on his head, mm-hmm. okay? That guy wore that Confederate flag and there was a picture of him inside the gym wearing a Confederate flag. California ain't never been a part of the Confederacy. Right. Wasn't even around when the Confederacy was around. It's never been a part of the Confederacy, right? So this guy's wearing that inside the gym. And I remember thinking all of us, and Bill used to work out on that side of the gym. There was maybe three or four black guys in the gym at that time. Me and Bill used to like, like, yo, what's up with this cat with the Confederate flag on his head? And Bill would just be like, yo, he's by himself in a room full of guys. I know you have a good heart. I know you have a good heart. No one ever said anything to that guy about wearing that Confederate flag hat in there. Uh, and 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 to not be cliche and like talk about privilege, I don't even know who you're talking about. Oh, because I, I, I know exactly. Who you're but talking about. but that's like on, right. Like we don't notice yeah. those things because I didn't grow up with those. So things. one generationally and two because of my skin, my parents didn't say like, "Yo, watch out for that dude with Confederate flag." Yeah, he might that, have weird intentions. But I never even noticed. The older people in that place knew, for and sure. some other people yeah. knew that that Confederate flag was something he should have yeah. been wearing in that place. But no one ever said, "Hey, man, you probably shouldn't wear that in this gym." Yeah. You know why? Because they weren't offended by it. Sure. Right or wrong, they, they're not offended by it. They're, they don't see that, hey, this is hateful. And there's black and brown people inside this gym. The guy that owns the gym is brown. Yeah. yeah. And you're wearing this shit in here? No one said anything to him. And, like, that's one thing. And I, I know that it bothered Bill because I would spoken to Bill about it before. And we just like, ah, what are we going to say? Yeah. Right? So one other time was, and I, I actually, this was one of the only times I, like, had been vocal in the gym. And... There was maybe like four or five guys on your side that I was really cool with. I never really had any issues with anyone in there. Like, I'm being honest. I, I never had any issues with anyone in there. But I did get um, a sense that some of that group was leaned a little more towards a different style of thinking, right? So I come in there sometimes and I hear inbomb this, inbomb that, inbomb this in the music. And I'm looking around and I'm like, yo, it ain't no inbombs in here. And y'all got a lot of inbombs in this music. And I remember going, and it's okay to laugh. That's, it's, it's, that was a joke. It's actually okay to laugh. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> no, because I, 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 go on, then so I have to. I, I remember, so I remember one time there was, the music was playing loud, and everybody's rapping the words, and I went back to and I'm like, yo, y'all are in here listening to music, singing all the words, and I don't see nobody that look like anybody rapping this music. Might want to turn that shit down a bit. Everybody looks at me like, oh, this guy, this guy's all nervous. He's getting, then Tara's like, hey, why are you getting all sensitive to the guys about the music? Wait a minute, I'm getting sensitive? You got a bunch of dudes over there that don't look like me talking about nigga this, nigga that, nigga this, nigga that. No. This guy's wearing a Confederate flag and you have it on the wall of your gym. No way. I'm the one that's wrong? So, like, there was not, there's opportunities, right? This is six years, eight years ago. It's not like this was the 19 fucking 60s, yeah. right? This is eight years ago. So the opportunity is right there for someone other than me, other than Bill, to say, yo, my man, you're, and it's not even, it doesn't have to be confrontational. Walk outside with them, put my arm around you, love you, love having you here. Don't think you should wear that here anymore. Easy conversation. Yeah. We're done. If he comes back in with it again, yo, we had the conversation last time. Let me talk to you about why this is an issue. You see that guy over there? He probably doesn't want you wearing that in here. Right? Because to me, that's the equivalent. You may as well wear a fucking uh, a sheet. Because there's no difference between the two, but you may as well wear a sheet. But if he wore a sheet, everyone would be like, yo, my man. Right? So we, those are things, that's, that's, that's the easy thing to do. But those are things that we ignore because we get uncomfortable with those. It's hard for us to say, hey, that's not the right thing to do. Like, 
it's no different from me taking that bat out of that kid's hand. That could have been hard for me to do. I could have just let him go fuck something up and let the cops handle it. But why? Why wait for something to happen when I can stop it right there? Yo, this ain't the right thing to do. And now you, you saw it's going to happen. Now the rest of you motherfuckers over here with bats know I'm coming over here and I got a bat. Right? That's the same thing in this situation. I've armed myself. I've taken down your racist fucking mindset. I'm coming to you and I'm telling you as a white person, I don't get down with that. That's not cool. Right? Because there's other people here who I get down with. You're welcome here, but you can't be in here like that. And that's an easy conversation, but we don't have those conversations because that's one of those areas where for white men, um, it's easy to have to not deal with racism because that's a time right there when you can deal with it. It's going to be an uncomfortable conversation. Sure. We have to be uncomfortable. The pain that people are feeling right now, that it's, we don't want people to feel that pain. No one should have to go through that. But the pain that we are feeling as a country right now we have to feel this pain in order to get past this. Because if we don't and we just try to bury it, what we end up with is this country being on fire for another three to four fucking years. We cannot handle that. We can't. I mean, we've been dealing, we've been putting band-aids over racism for 400 years. We're going to give you guys um, voting rights, but only if you pay this tax and only if you learn how to read. Okay, we're going to get rid of that because that's kind of rude. But now we're going to try to find some other ways to impose taxes on you for you to be able to vote. All right? We're going to let you guys go to schools. And once we let you go to schools, we're going to bus you into our white schools instead of busing white kids into black schools where black teachers. Do you know what, do you know what Brown versus the Board of Education did to black teachers in America? We went from having close to 50% of black and white teachers in America to now having less than 20% of our teachers being black. And those are mostly women now. Because what we did was we decided that black teachers weren't smart enough to teach our white kids, but white teachers are much much smarter than black teachers, so we're going to send them there. We could have easily fixed... Let me take that back. We couldn't have easily fixed... We could have healed some of the issues in racial oppression had we just decided, you know what, instead of busing all these black kids to neighborhoods that... um, no one wants them in. People are gonna throw rocks at them. We can bust them in. We can bust white kids into a black neighborhood so they can see how these people are living. Because we don't need to see how y'all are living. We already know, right? We already know how y'all are living. You need to come over here and see how we are living. And then understand that, yo, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know y'all had a milkman. Y'all got a milkman? Oh, you guys got a corner store? You like dogs? We're friends now. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, especially being kids. Yes. Right? That's where it all happens. That's where yes. you all learn. Uh, and so that's why for yeah. me, I don't think that we're, we don't, we're not born this way. This is, this yeah. is taught. And here's an, here's an opportunity for us to, to change that. It's having conversations. To back up, we wouldn't have had the segregated schools had we not had redlining that, that put people into, yeah. into color segregated neighborhoods. That's, and we stretch that out and we're still doing that today. Yeah. 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 We're still doing that today. They call it gerrymandering. Yeah, that, that's the yeah. issue. That's the issue with all this is that all these little systems or one good law gets passed, but then a niche over here gets passed, and then and yeah. then those things stay forever, or they multiply, or they they Absolutely. They, 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 they change, uh, but they're changed just to manipulate it. They're not actually laws being changed. You know, one of the things that I've been trying to communicate a lot to people is that you have to be educated on your local. Here's how our local government has affected us. Okay, as business owners, as a person that would love to come and work out in their gym, we could have been opening these gyms um, in maybe another week or so. We're all going to be pushed back a little bit further. You know why? Because our mayor wasn't prepared for what was going on. The rest of the country was showing you that it was hurt. He thought that he had a better relationship with black and brown people. He thought that he had fixed the relationship between the Sacramento Police Department and black and brown people in this in this um, this area. And it's clear that he had not. Right. And his absence 
even in a time when people need him, we've been shut down for however much time we've been shut down. And in that time that we've been shut down, <clears throat> excuse me, we never heard the mayor one time say, hey, for those of you who have heart issues, for those of you who have strokes, don't die at home because the hospitals are safe to go to. But no one went to hospitals because they were scared to go to hospitals. Yeah. He never came out one time and said that, right? We're not asking you to come up here every week and give us a speech, but tell us something, right? We never heard that. We never heard what his economic plan was going to be for people who were hurting in the streets. What are you going to do with the homeless people of Sacramento, right? At 4 a.m. every morning, I'm still coming to the gym. I'm driving. I see what our homeless people are doing. They're, the same group of people who have been coming out on Sundays and Saturdays to feed the homeless people at Cesar Chavez Park were coming out and risking their lives to do that while the, the mayor of this town is wherever he is. I don't know if he has some underlying condition that, that prohibits him from being outside, but if he had said that, then I would feel better about his Zoom meetings that he conducts every day to talk about what, right? Um, so we have to educate ourselves on who our local politicians are. Your, the council member for this district lives right down the street. He literally lives across the street from here. And he did such a poor job in his district that his next door neighbor had a sign for his opponent in his lawn. This is what, you can't yeah. win your neighborhood. Yeah. You can't win your neighborhood. This tells me that you guys are out of touch with your people because they spend so much time. This is local. Local politicians shouldn't be hobnobbing out of the city doing dumb shit. You're a local politician, right? Like, you should be trying to build up the city. You should be trying to help your constituents um, out of whatever issues they have, right? Lo local politicians have, I'm not trying to discredit what they do because it's a, it's a difficult job, but you're not the president of the United States. We, we don't need you everywhere bouncing across the country. We need you here. You know what I mean? You go to Seattle to study their homeless situation, but you come back down with, with no solutions because we still got a homeless issue. Yeah, that's something I'm super guilty of. I, uh, early 20s, maybe mid 20s, started to get interested in just even listening to the news every day, reading the news every day, but it's always federal. And yeah. you don't know what those motherfuckers are doing, whether they're on your side, left side, right side, upside, downside. You never understand because, like you just said, they're everywhere. Yeah. And, and what people say and what they do, so different, right? So, but uh, even now, I'm 31. I, I haven't paid attention to local shit until right now you should and, know and now i'm on like yeah. now, last tell me last three weeks I've you been should on, know even, probably last two months i've been on and, and then you start to read because their 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 actions are more easily seen i don't know what federal government's doing even if they say or write a bill or i don't see the repercussions of it like you just said yeah you can control a community and i can see what you're doing or everything doing. a local government does affects you immediately yeah. Yeah. everything yeah. you know we're paying taxes we're paying higher taxes on our uh parking tickets because we have to pay for an arena, okay? An arena for a team that we paid for. For a team that has a brown business owner who's put some tweets out, who hasn't shown his face to any of these, um, any of these um, demonstrations that have gone on, who, when Stefan Clark was killed, put together a committee. This is gonna be our, our outreach committee to the community. None of the players on that outreach committee play for the team anymore. Have y'all met again? Are we done with that? So here's, this is the thing, like, man, we, we keep coming back to these same things, right? It, with local government, with how do we fix things, we, we're seeing now this, it's not just, it's nuanced, right? It's not just, we started on one thing, we moved to another thing. It's not just one thing. It's so nuanced. Like, to not even be able to count on, well, listen, I'm not going to take offense to this. If I asked you guys what the Black League was in sports, what would you say? You're going to say the NBA. Yeah, NBA. Yeah. That's the Black League in sports, yeah. right? We know that. Why are you not out here? 
Yeah. Why are you not out here? Yeah. And when you talk about the federal stuff, you see it in a couple cities. You see yeah. a couple guys making. I think Ben Simmons running. Yes. Uh, uh, Jalen Brown's running. These guys are trying to try to help in their communities. Um, and yeah, I, I, I haven't seen a lot locally. You know, and I'm not asking the basketball players to come out here and speak because black people, it's not. Listen, it's not black people's responsibility to end racism. I, I've been using this analogy for a number of years because it's the easiest way to describe to people the situation that you are in with racism. It's not the job of women to end sexual assault. Women are not committing sexual assault on women, okay? Yeah. It's not the skirt, short skirts that they're wearing that is getting them sexually assaulted. It's fucking men who are assholes. And if you know a person who was sexually assaulting a woman, you call them out on it. If your fucking friend is beating on a woman, he's not your friend anymore, he's a fucking asshole, you got to get the fuck out of here. We're calling the cops on you. Yeah. That's how we treat those people, right? That's how you're supposed to treat those people. Why are we not doing the same thing with racism? Why are we asking a group of people who have been oppressed, who have been brutalized, who have been murdered, why are we asking them to stop the things that are happening to them, right? And then when you bring that full circle, when you get an autopsy report from a coroner that tells you the reason why this guy died was because he had diabetes and hypertension. It's his fault that he died because he was fucking out of, sh he was out of shape and he was stressed out. Why is he fucking stressed out? Why does he have hypertension? You know why? He's a six foot six fucking black man who everywhere he goes, he wants to use a $20 bill and now he's dead. Over 20 fucking dollars. Because you said his $20 bill was counterfeit. You know what happens in this country? If I go to the bank and I give them a counterfeit dollar bill or counterfeit money, I go to jail, I'm arrested. If the bank gives you a counterfeit dollar, guess what? That's your money now, sir. Like, no, that, that's not how this thing works. So, and even if you, even if you think that, well, he still went in there and he was being a criminal. Okay, do you think anyone des deserves to die for 20 fucking dollars? No. Whether it's real or fake, yeah. how do you justify that? It's 20 fucking dollars. No, you can't justify that. So we, we always end up back in the same place. Like, we're not gonna end racism by just pointing out racists. It's going to be more than that, but it's got to start somewhere. If you have the opportunity to call out some shit that you see that's wrong, you do it. It's easy. Listen, if our homies, especially for men, and women do this too, if we're all sitting around with our boys and your boy does some dumb shit, you're about to call your boy out, and we're going to laugh at you for being a dummy, and we're going to put you in the group chat talking shit for like the next couple of years, right? And this might end up becoming your nickname. Yeah, yeah. At glass ass, because you fell through a table in high school. This might end up becoming your nickname for the rest of your life. If we can do that in just, why can't we do that in other moments? Because this is the fucking country of the home of the brave. We got to start showing that shit. Be brave. I'm not asking you to go running from a fucking train. I'm not asking you, I'm not even asking you to take a bullet for me. I'm just asking you to say, hey, uh, I don't know if y'all should be saying that. And if it, makes, if it makes you feel comfortable to kind of throw a joke in there to stop it, maybe that's the way you do it. But you got to find a way to like, to cut the fucking tension in a room by not letting people just be racist and then letting it blow over. Yeah. I want to roll back for a second, back to the, back to the, the rap music that used to play in the place that we were. Yes. A thing that has always bothered me is when white people appropriate the language from, from rap as if it is their own culture. Yes. And not, but just even beyond what you're saying, not even just knowing all the lyrics, but literally conversationally and on online and whatever that bothers me because it's like, it's not yours. Like, I, I mean, to, to so what it's, it's not yours. You guys see this, you, you guys can obviously feel this on, on, on social media. There is this in, incredible amount of um, black 
culture, black, um, I guess, jargon for a lack of better terms, but just kind of things that emulate black culture that you know are not black people doing it. It's white people doing it because we know who runs these accounts, right? So, yes, when if you are going to be a culture vulture, then you need to stick your neck out for this culture when things are happening to them. Yeah. That, that's, that's how I see it. Yeah, that's right? a really good point. Because there's receipts. If you come in here and you're telling me, like, one of the things you saw, like, if you, if your thing is everyone is, hey, my brother, my brother, my brother, I got no problem when you say that to me. But if you see me and all of a sudden, hey, what's up, brother? What? No, that's not what we are. Yeah, yeah. You can just, hey, how are you? I'm okay with that. You don't have to change how you talk to, to confront me because when I see white people, I'll say, hey, how are you there, Jack? No, what's up, man? How you doing? Talk to you the way I talk to anyone else. That's how I talk to my kids. What y'all in here doing? Quit fucking around. Like I talk to them like I talk to my homies, right? So I talk to anyone that way. If you walk in this door and I've never met you before and you're wearing a suit and tie and I think you work at fucking, I think you work at JP, JP Morgan, I'm gonna come up to you and say, hey, how you doing, man? How'd you hear about us? Whether you're black, white, or whatever else. If a black dude comes in here, how you doing, my man? How you, how'd you hear about us? It's not, hey, my brother, what's up? Soul clap number one. Yeah, it's not yeah. what we do. Yeah. We don't have a different yeah. group. Right? Yeah. That's not how things work. We don't have a black community where we meet every week and talk about how the ways that we can, like, how do we act around white people? Yeah. No. So, like, <laughs> we have to, like. I'm sorry. I'm just picturing okay. that meeting. Yeah. <laughs> in the meeting, we all we all wear we all wear suits and ties because yeah, we don't shoes. we don't want to leave the meeting so and look aggressive because you want to be able to leave the meeting and get home safely. But like, yes, I I, I have a huge problem with people who who rip off black culture, who steal black culture. Let me tell you something right now. I firmly believe this. If it wasn't for black people, America would be the wackest fucking place to live in the world. In the world. In the world. Listen, sneaker culture that every fucking kid is into, black, white, or whatever, every kid is into. That didn't come from, that didn't come from just thin air. The music that we listen to, popular music, country stars are now rapping and using drum machines in their music. House music came from black people out of Chicago. Like, jazz came from black people. And if we want to get past that, the stoplight came from black people. So you want your intersections and shit, the way this fucking, the way the, the world moves around, we gave you that, right? Like, black people are responsible for so many incredible things in this country, and we're not seen as doing them as Americans. We're seen as doing them as, like, black Americans. This is what American gave to you. An American did this, but we don't, it's not what we do, Right? We don't see Americans as Americans until, uh, I should say black Americans, unless they are athletes, unless there's some way that we can like relate to them, right? Like I, I, I once heard this, um, this study conducted um, and the person conducting the study asked a room full of educated, college educated white people, raise your hand if you would trade your position in life with a black person. No one in the room raised their hand. Yeah, I've heard of that no one in the room raised their hand. You know what that tells you? That tells you that these people know that they're being, that black people are being treated differently, right? So now we, like, let's get somewhere with that. Why, why would you not want to trade places with that person? I remember one time hearing a guy tell me that he thought that every black person that went to his college was there because of, um, was there because of affirmative action. I'm like, damn, you don't think that we're smart enough to get into fucking Sac State? Dog, it's Sac State. Yeah. I, 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 I was flabbergasted. I was like, I was looking at the dude and I'm like, my man, you're, you're a leisure studies major and youth. I'm like, oh so, I mean, and there's just, there's, there's countless, 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 just, we know a guy who rips off black culture like a motherfucker. We know a guy 
who rips off black culture like a motherfucker. I've never once heard him say anything about black people. Not going to blow nobody up out there. Y'all know who I'm talking about. We know a guy. We'll talk off air. Yes. We know a guy who does that and we don't say anything about it. Yeah. Right? This is, the, the, the what you guys are talking about is what I've been thinking about internally a lot, not to make any of this fucking about my dumb ass. No, no, my no. My dumb no. ass don't matter. But, but I grew up in sneaker culture. Yes. I grew up in basketball culture. Yes. I, all I do is listen to hip hop. I was the only white dude on my basketball team. And again, because of my privilege of the color of my skin, because I'm a, a, a white passing brown dude. My mom's an immigrant, but yeah. I'm a white passing Latin dude. Uh, That's another thing. Yeah, it's a whole hippie world. I, I, I 100% have the same privilege. Uh, but... I also have a blessing in a sense that I never saw these things, right? Like that's that's a privilege yeah. and it's a good thing because yeah. I see human as human and I know a million fucking people can say that, but who acts that? That's just what I'm into. I was into it. I respect it. Yeah. I try not to uh, mock any, you know, like I, I think there is differences There's absolute of, difference. of, of, of cultural appropriation yes. and, and wanting to be a part of it. And I'm like that with everything. Uh, I've gotten really into Twitch. Not to switch subjects, we're hopping yeah. right back. Got really into Twitch. I don't want to be a culture vulture to these nerds. So I dive in. I get the culture. I learn yeah. the, the phrases. I, I want to know why you say these nerd things or why you use this controller yeah, or yeah, why yeah. you play this game or the history of this game or who developed it. Yeah. Because I, I like cultures. Uh, and it just happened that I fell in love in basketball in third grade. And what was happening in, in that year? Michael Jordan was king. Yeah. And so I fought, fell in love with that. Um, and that's where this whole conversation becomes hard because yep. a lot of us are guilty. So one sense or another, and it's hard to admit guilt. Yeah. Especially as a girl, I'm goddamn about to be 32 and that's I'm out here like, yo, I'm a bitch. I fucked up. What it's you not, just said is it, it. Yeah, it's hard. It's really yep. hard. Um, but, you know, nothing good ever came from being a, easy. What you said, you, you said two things that, that struck me. One is it's hard to admit that we're wrong. There are a lot of people, um, I don't want to get too political, but I'll, I'll no, just go say in, this. Bro, there, so like. there, there are a lot of people who, um, who voted for Trump. And um, to me, like at this point in time, it's been this way for me for a while, but at this point in time, if you're telling me that you can still support the ideals that come from this guy, you're either a hypocrite, a hypocrite, a coward, or a racist. You're one of the three or you're all three. I, 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 there's no in between here. You're telling me that you're voting for somebody because of money? Well, okay. Well, he ain't saving you money. Yeah. That, that ain't happening. Don't tell me that shit. That ain't what it is, right? So, um, and like, it's, it's being wrong, right? And the reason why I bring him up is because there's so many people who don't want to admit that, ah, I may have gotten this wrong. Because to admit that he's wrong means that you're admitting you, that you did something wrong yourself. And that's hard for people to do. But we have to do that. Yeah. We have to do it. No, none of us. Listen, at our everyday jobs, if you do something wrong at work and you don't have accountability for it, what's the reason for your boss to have any type of compassion for you other than to say, well, you don't give a shit, so I got to let you go. But if you have compassion and, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I was wrong. I thought something else. I was maybe too arrogant here. Maybe I, I overstepped my boundaries. Okay, you know what? Don't do it again. Let's talk about how we can be better. And then we move on. Like, that's how things could be. But people don't want to admit that they did something wrong. And then the other thing that you said that struck me um, was that, and I don't believe that you mean it in this way, but when people say this, um, I, 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 should, I should explain to, to you how it sounds to me. When people say that they don't see color and they see everyone, that becomes a problem, yep. right? Because you have to see color. Because we're not afforded the opportunity of not seeing color. 100%. Right? That's something that, like, white people say, and... I know that they are well-meaning when they say they don't see color, but it's 
it's a backhanded, uh, it's a backhanded compliment in ways, right? Because you're telling me that I don't recognize your color. I'm trying to recognize the person you are, but I don't recognize your color. You cannot recognize the person I am without recognizing the color that I am. Or your history. And that's yes. what I, that's what yes. I, I didn't explain well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, as no, a kid, I, yes. as a kid, that was the case. Yeah. Uh, but now as an adult, I do see differently, right? Yeah. Which again, it, like, I, I think we're on the same page. As a kid, like, it's kind of a good thing as a kid. Like we said, it's it's True. just uh, what your kids do. But, yeah. but I was so in this culture, I didn't look into the history of, of, of slavery. I didn't look at the no. history of America. And now as an adult, I see that I'm like, fuck bro. You know, like I was, I'm, uh, I'm glad that I have a good heart for that, but I also have to recognize the truth. Yeah. Yeah. That's the difference for me now. I, I, I for me, I just, I just have never seen a reason to treat anybody any differently. And, yeah. and absolutely people's cultures are different and, and, and they come from different backgrounds and they come from all over the world and whatever. And you, and you can't ignore those things. No, I'm just not, it's not the first thing in my head, I guess is what I'm trying to which say. Which is fine, which is fine because that's how people should be. You shouldn't, the thing in your head shouldn't be this. Like this is one of the things that I have to deal with all the time, right? Because I am, and this is something like, I guess I've always known, but my wife and I had this conversation this weekend with Please don't take this as for me thinking this about you because I don't. But I, I will say it, this. Yeah, we're cool. All <laughs> of my friends who are white are people who are acquaintances of mine. I would consider you guys friends. I talk to you, especially you on a regular enough basis. And I have enough of a relationship with you that I don't believe that um, you guys are contacting me for any other reason but to have a genuine conversation, yeah. right? So I respect that. But the first couple of days that this was going on, I can't tell you how many white people who I never got, these people have my number, that I don't ever really talk to, like, man, I'm so sorry. Like, and I feel you, but you're calling me because you want me to validate for you no. that you're not racist, right? Yeah. That's what you're doing. Looking yeah. for, for a yeah, little bit of you're forgiveness. you're looking for that. Yeah, and like, dude, listen, if you've never done anything to me personally, I don't feel like I need to forgive you for being white because, again, being white ain't a sin. Like, that's what people should understand. Like, black people, especially for myself, I don't want you to apologize for being white. Like, that wasn't your choice. We were born into this, right? We're born into where we are. It's a fucking lotto. And we're all lucky enough to be born in this fucking country. As fucked up as shit is now, we are lucky to have been born in this country to have this opportunity because right now we have an opportunity to, to change. This is an opportunity for us right now to shape how our generation is going to be seen. Um, so when I'm getting these phone calls again from like all of these white people who I'm, I'm like, yo, I'm... It led me to tell my wife, I'm all, you know what's happening right now? You know, I'm, I'm realizing, I'm coming to realize that I'm either one of two things to some of these white people. I'm either their only black friend or the only black person they know, or I'm the blackest person that they know. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know which one it is. Like, it's one of the two, right? Yeah. But in either case, man, listen, I, from you two, I appreciate you guys reaching out and wanting to have this conversation. But for what, the, the thing for me is that, like, the conversation is, is the start. And to kind of go back with the black, the black, po the black dots on, on social media or the black squares, like I wrote this on my page that I, I need your support today on Wednesday and I need your support tomorrow on Thursday. And three months from now, when George Floyd is buried and his family has not forgotten about him and we haven't gotten over that, but when there's something else in the news cycle, I need you then. And guess what? A year from now, I'm gonna need you then because we're not gonna be done, right? We're not gonna be done. It, it, you, we, in order for us to really heal this, again, we, it's 400 plus years of this. A lot of us, and I'm putting myself in the us because I'm an American too, but a lot of people thought that 
when we elected Barack Obama that, oh, it's over. Racism yeah. is over. It ain't over because what we saw at that time, we had the we had um, more hate groups in that eight-year period pop up than any other time in the history of this state, even during our most racist years. We had the most hate groups pop up. They started to repopulate. And sold more guns. And sold more guns because people thought they were going to lose their guns. The guy never touched your guns. He never came for your guns. Yeah. Never. No American president's coming for your guns. They're not. Like, that shit's etched. Y'all already believe that that's the one. Y'all believing in the First Amendment or the Second Amendment so hard, they're not, they're not touching your guns, okay? And then, you know, you have magazines that say we're in this post-racial America, and then what we do as Americans, we turn right around and we vote for the most racist president since Woodrow Wilson. So are we really past it? No, right? Um, we can't blame black people for not coming out and voting for Hillary Clinton. You not voting, you're not blaming us for where we are right now. That's not our fault. 77% of white men voted for her. 66% of white women voted for her or voted for him. No, you're not, you're not putting that on us. That's not on us. Give us somebody to come out here to vote for. You know, people, have, people are now saying, um, well, we got the lesser of two evils. Well, guess what black and brown people have been voting for for the fucking, <laughs> since they got votes. The lesser of two evils since they got votes. We always got to choose. We don't have the luxury of saying we're going to lay this one out because we are the ones that are affected the most by it when we sit some. We can't sit shit out. We got to hump our ass down to the fucking polling stations and, and vote. So all of us do. That's, that, that's something that every single one of us do. We all have to take that responsibility of finding out who's around us, who's running, and, and casting your vote for a person that's going to fit None of these politicians are going to be perfect. None of them are going to fit what we want. But we got to find the person that we think that we can get to do the shit we want him to do. At All least right? some of it. Some of it. We got you in here. We're going to hold your ass accountable. Like, again, the one person that we can all really hold accountable because he can hear it, he's got to do something, is the, this city's big, but it ain't that big. Yeah. And this guy's right down the street. We can hit him up every single day. These city council meetings, they put them online when you can go down there. Go down there. Have your face be seen. Stand up. Ask a question. Because they're, they're hiding. They're hiding from you. They're not, they're not interested in changing things um, because change would mean that they would actually have to do a job. That's what that would mean. Yeah. And go against their party or go yeah. against the system. And yeah. for, maybe for once have to stick up and say something's wrong. Like, I would love one Republican who's prominent to stand up and say, yo, I don't get down with this. But you know what they're doing? They're doing exactly what I talked to you guys about earlier, what the NFL thought. They think that all white people are racist. That's them not having enough faith in you to think that you're a better person. They're telling you that they don't believe that you are better people. And that, to me, that should be offensive to white people. You should be absolutely offended by that. Your blood should boil that someone thinks that you're racist. Because if I told you that I thought you were racist, you would be angry as fuck. This fucking guy just called me angry or called me racist, right? You get so angry because we call you racist, but you should be angrier about racism than being called racist. And also by your own people telling you that they think you're racist, right? Because they don't think that white people can handle black compassion. You absolutely can handle it because you're showing it right fucking now. We know you can handle it. People are saying that they, this guy... The thing that got me the most about this video, and any person can deal with this, especially men. When you hear a fucking guy as big as him crying for his mother, every yeah. time, excuse me, every time I think about that, that's the thing that hurts me the most. I can't imagine being so hurt and so fearful of my life that I'm crying for my mother who's dead. That's fucking heartbreaking. 
And that's what it took for people to fucking, to feel this pain. And I mean, if that's what it takes, then I'm sorry that this man had to die like this. I'm so sorry that he had to die like this for the rest of us to fucking wake the fuck up. It's heartbreaking, man. And once, once this is done, like people got to remember how they feel right now. They have to. You can't forget about this feeling because if you do, we're going to be sitting right back here having this fucking conversation in an empty gym again about how do we fix this problem? I don't want to have that conversation. I don't want my kids trying to figure out how they fix this. Like my parents went through how to fix this. My grandparents went through how to fix this. My great grandparents. And like every single time we're being like, we, what do we do? Do we march silently? You throw fucking rocks at us. When we arm ourselves with guns in California and march to the state capitals, y'all decide that we got to have gun control. We'd never heard the words gun control used in the United States until the 1960s when black men walked up to the state capitals to defend themselves. And now we have gun control. Like, we have to fix this. We can't, it's fucking hurting us. It's hurting everyone. It's not something that we can continue to do. Um, if, if, people can, if people can live with themselves with what we've been going through, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't know what to tell my children. Like, I don't think that this is the worst place in the world, but we haven't shown it to be a, the best place. And we got to fix that. We have to. Thank you for sharing that. I'm sorry. Um, there are things that can be done by individuals. Yes. Now. Right now. They don't have to talk to anybody about right it. Right now. There are things that can be done by institutions. Right now. Right now. Yes. If police departments come out and say, look, we recognize that there's a problem, not only in, in the country, but in our own house. We're going to clean it up. We're going we're gonna to change use of force rules right now. This is the thing we're going to do. You can, you can count on the fact that we are changing these rules and it's going to work like this in the future. And we're going to do the best job that we can to meet these standards. And if, if there are bad apples, we're going to do what you do when you run into a bad apple in a barrel. You throw the fucker out. You have to. And... I'm not seeing it. It it would be so simple from a just from a fucking purely cynical perspective for public relations. You should come out and say, "Hey, yeah, we we know there's a problem, but what what we are seeing a lot of we're seeing we're seeing compassionate cops and we're seeing cops who are, are assholes and they're just doing crazy asshole things that make the situation worse. From a public relations perspective. These these departments should be pulling these people out and saying, "Look, you can't continue to do that because we're going to have a problem. We can't we can't deal with already. The cities are having problems that they don't know how to deal yeah. with. This city has a problem that it didn't know how to deal with. They had to declare a curfew, which is essentially you're throwing your hands up. Yes, you quit. You quit. You, you quit. Like, I, I, I I'm not going to keep dealing with this problem. Yeah, I quit. I'm going to bring in the national guard because I don't know how to deal with this problem. Now, clearly, they don't know how to deal with the problem because we when we saw all the the looting and vandalism that happened, the the uh, peaceful protests being tear gassed for no reason, and where are the cops when the vandalism's going on? I don't understand any of that stuff. That drives me nuts as a, nuts as a citizen of this uh, of this town. Um, I, you know, we all love Sacramento. We, we love it here. We want, I'm so encouraged by the, the, the revitalization yes. of downtown the cleanup efforts, all of that yeah. stuff. I mean, I've, I've lived here since the eighties 
and I've seen things look like shit and yeah. things look better and it, it looks it's things are generally better now. They, they were. Yeah. Until and we had a fucking pandemic and now we're having a pandemic. But yeah. We're, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I don't know. I, two of my earliest political memories at all. I was a little kid. One of them was LBJ saying he wasn't going to run again. And the other one was was Martin Luther King being killed. And yeah. th- I remember being a little kid and hearing the words race riot. And that shouldn't have had to happen, no. right? Shouldn't happen to happen, happen to anybody. I'm a little kid. I'm four or five years old, you know? I don't know. We have to do better. That's... You, you know, there's a couple of things that you said. The things, what, what we can do about community. When it comes to policing, uh, we should be demanding that police's, police departments across the country demilitarize. There's no reason for the Sacramento Police Department to have a tank. Yeah. There's no reason for them to have M16s. There's no reason for them to be dressed in tactical gear to go to war because you're not at war with the citizens of this city. But see, that's the thing. Because cops are to blame for what for, yep. for this whole inciting incident, what they're doing is a counter protest. Yeah, I get that part, but the the militarizing of that came no, before. I, no, I don't you know think they I mean? should do that. It, it, that I'm came not just... before everything, right? So I'm like, the reason why now you come out and you show this force this way is now you're trying to truly intimidate because now look at all this, these new toys yeah. that we have, right? So I think demilitarizing is one. I think putting together a committee of citizens who have the ability to have some power who can actually get police officers off the force oversight committee that can anytime there's a hearing, these hearings are made public. They're made live. There's a stenographer taking record of everything that's going on. And we are filming this. Everyone, everything that we are doing right now is on record so that every single person and we play it on um, our, on the the city's um, live local channel. Public, public access. Because you know what? You did it when there was trials. We, we do it for trials all the time on, on trial television. Mm-hmm. The, one of the biggest trials of the, of the previous century is how we got to uh, court TV, right? Yeah. So y'all can do that. They're, we're, we're not worried about that. That's something that we can do. So those are small things we can do. And quite easily, um, Scott Jones, our sheriff, who's run unopposed for a, a number of times, and then you have Amory Schubert. Those, those two are not good for this area. But what they've run on is they've run on fear Fear, um, scaring some of our, our white constituents by saying that, um, you know, we're going to keep you guys safe from crime. Well, crime in this fucking city is down like a motherfucker. Yeah. We don't have crime in this city. People don't get their fuck. You get your car broken into. Well, everyone gets their car broken into. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get shot or killed walking downtown. There was a time when you walked around downtown, it was dangerous as fuck. It ain't that dangerous anymore. Yeah. Right? So, the, the scariness that they're trying to, or the fear that they try to invoke in you to get them to vote for you, for them is, is manufactured. Um, when you talked about Martin Luther King, you were young when that happened. Martin Luther King was assassinated nine years before I was born. Now, when we put that into perspective, how much changed in that nine-year period, right? He was murdered in 1969. I was born in 1977, right? So 10 years later, when I'm 10 years old, it's only been 20 years since Martin Luther King had been killed. So my parents, my mother, my father, and my family members are dealing with the death of a person who was their hero. And then when you look even further into that, there was once a statement, uh, uh, Stokely Carmichael, I want to say, said this, and I could be wrong, but I'm hoping that I'm correct here, that at that time, white people in America had killed the person who believed the most in them that was black. Martin Luther King believed more in white people than white people believed in themselves. 
And now what we have is we have a group of people who didn't give a shit about Martin Luther King when he was alive, co-opting his words and using all these fucking words that don't have shit to do with Martin Luther King's message. To me, if you want to talk to me about Martin Luther King, start with reading letters from a Birmingham jail, okay? Because that's the real Martin Luther King, not this, the I have a dream speech, that's a, the I have a dream is a small portion of a lot of shit that Martin Luther King said in that speech that no one wants to talk about. They only want to talk about, I have a dream and let's all hold hands and be black and white friends. Yes, we want to get there, but guess what? There's some shit that we got to hold people accountable for before we get there. We, I said this earlier, I think that this is a unique opportunity for this generation. It's an incredibly unique opportunity because we've had the Rodney King riots. I was a teenager in high school when that happened. We did nothing about that. We didn't change after that. We, nothing changed. Hundreds and th thousands of black men and brown men have been killed and brutalized at the hands of the police. Um, when we get past that, we then we have more killings of, of Philando Castillo inside of his car. And that guy, if you want to talk about a death that if any group the NRA could have got behind, he was a card-carrying member of the NRA. He was also a concealed weapon-carrying um, member as well. He mm -hmm. also told the police officer before his police officer, before his police officer put out his gun that, hey, I have a gun, it's in the glove compartment. I'm gonna show you my carry concealed license. Did everything right, the NRA can't get behind him. Like we, we have countless, 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 countless images and examples of how we can just be compassionate and not like kill people. But we've let the, we've let the police get away with this for so long to the point that Listen, black cops are culpable too because black cops are killing black people too. And they have started, black, black cops start to see black people the way that white people see us and the way that white cops have taught us, taught them to see us. Because what you have in most police departments is culture. If the person at the top is a good leader and wants good cops, then the rest of those motherfuckers are gonna fall in line. That's how it works. But if you're an asshole at the top, guess what the rest of your company is gonna run like? Y'all are gonna run like shit. There has to be some accountability. There has to be accountability. There has to be better police officers. There, it can't just be that this guy did something. We're not going to call him out. We're going to sweep it under the rug. Because you know what I'm expected to do? I'm expected to speak for every time a black person does something wrong. I'm expected to speak for it. O.J. Simpson kills somebody. I'm expected to speak for it. O.J. Simpson gets off. I'm expected to speak for it. Like, I'm expected to speak for all black people for all things that they do, but the cops are never held accountable for other, other cops. And the conversation I had the other day with these two cops was terrific. But still, my, the thing I walked away with was, I need y'all to be more vocal about these bad cops. How do y'all not just, get, get them out of here. You can't work here. Get them out of the paint. Have you guys ever worked with somebody who was so incompetent that you was just like, yo, I got to go to my boss and be like, yo, what if it was your boss? <laughs> it, it's hey, so often. Yes, that's right? the, that's that's the that, problem. That, okay, you hit on a great point yeah, because that's, that's the, the truth. That's the problem. That's the problem. Because yeah. a lot of times, joking, it's, but I'm not no, joking. but you're right yeah, though, yeah, man. No, that's the problem. But, yeah, because that's the, federal the problem. Or, or state because or now local. you got to keep going up the ladder where fucking Barney Fife is just kept kept getting pushed up yeah. and up and yeah. up. Yeah. Because what we we don't want good policing. We want police officers that fall in line. Like, when was the last time you saw a Sacramento police officer? You live downtown. When was the last time you saw a Sacramento police officer walking around downtown? Yeah, never. They're maybe on a horse downtown. Maybe, maybe on a horse. Maybe. But yeah, like chilling, now, part of the community, never. Now, I, I don't know whether or not they have the funding to put a cop on the beat. But if you put a cop walking around your neighborhood, walking around some of these neighborhoods, and just saying hello to people. How y'all doing up there? Mr. Smith, how are you? How's everything going? How's school? That's it, right? Next time you come around, 
how's everything going? Okay? And now, yo, motherfuckers over here selling drugs, officer such and such. Thank you for telling me that. We'll go over here and take care of that. Right now we have a now we have a relationship. Now when I see you, it's like, yo, how are you doing, officer such and such? Thank you for coming in the neighborhood. Right? We don't want to hate y'all. We want to have a good relationship with you. We don't want, we don't want this conversation. You know who comes into neighborhoods and don't ever have issues when they come into neighborhoods? The fire department. You ever heard black people say, yeah. get these motherfuckers out of here? Yeah. That's true. No. That's true, yeah. Fire department comes to your neighborhood, they run inside your house, they don't give a fuck what you look like. They put their lives on the line for you. They don't care what you look like. Why can't y'all show that compassion? Why can't you get out your car without your gun on your on your hand or your hand on your gun? Because when you tell me that you're in fear of your life because you look at me and you see a black person who's scary to you, but you ain't fearing for your life when this motherfucker's got an M16 at the state capitol yelling in your face, or when I've seen guys swinging fucking hammers and shit at police officers, y'all not scared for your life right then? You can show compassion then? What is it? You're not, you're not scared for your life. You just know you can get away with this shit, which is why we have an officer with his knee in a man's neck for nine fucking minutes, and another guy who made me the angriest of the entire thing is the guy who casually has his hands in his pocket looking up at the sky. That guy's the coward. He's the coward because he has his back turned to it and he knows the guy's dying. And all you got to do, yo, that's not how we do it. Yeah. In minute one, in minute one, that's not, yeah, 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 that's not how we do it. Oh, yo, my man, my man, let me, let me, let me get you up here. That's all you have to do. You don't want to embarrass him in front of everyone else. You don't want to put your guy on blast in front of him. Hey, yo, yo, let me grab you. You know how many times, how many times have you yanked your boy out the club before he got all y'all's asses whooped? How many times? Yeah, it's the same thing. Right? Yeah. It's the same thing. Yo, come on, dude, you tripping. We got to go. That, that's, that's bravery right there to tell your friend, yo, we got to go. Come on, man, I love you. Get in the car. We, we faded. We get in, the, we get in the Uber. Yo, man, I love you. You crazy as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Now, I wouldn't say that to a cop putting his knee in someone's neck, but all you got to do is go to the dude and say, yo, tap. No, 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 no. Or they got cameras. But here's the thing, they don't yeah. give a fuck because they know they can, can you imagine, who's doing this for cameras? Who's do, have you committed a crime with a camera on you? How many times have you gone to a place at the school when you were fucking around on school and looked around to see where the cameras are? Because you know you can't do shit like that. They don't care. They don't care they're being filmed. They know they can get away with it. Something, that's, uh, that's a very scary point. Something you said, uh, I think is, an, is something immediate action too, talking about what needs to happen or not. And, and Stevante Clark, I believe, said it in the protest yesterday or the day before. Where we have neighborhoods, we don't have communities anymore. Yes. Yeah. And so, and, and that's coming from this white dude. Like, yeah. I, I don't see a cop even waving to me. No. <laughs> you know, they're on these horses and they kind of stare at everybody. Everyone's And, a, everyone's and I don't want to blame cops by any means. Like, no. I'm, I'm on all sides here, but like, come on, man. Like just yeah. say what's up, you know. You, it, it. And it does suck too because the baker's the same way, the the butcher's the same way. I'm the same way. I'm probably walking around looking like a real bitch on the street, not take. We're looking, you, we're looking down. We're looking yeah, at our phones. I get it, or I got somewhere to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and the truth is, is I'm not like a normal sized dude either. I'm five no. eight. I'm two twenty. But yeah. but I got a fucking mullet. I look yeah, like yeah. I'm out of Jumanji. But I uh, I'm I'm just uh, uh I'm I'm anxious and antisocial. Yes. Right. And when we all are human, we all have to work with what we got inside of us, you know. But that's why I look probably look grumpy right my bike around town but i could do a better job too if i start saying what's up to people then maybe we all still say what's up to people it. it's a smile yeah, it's a head it nod is. i'm bad at it you're good at it to circle back to something you were talking about earlier it's a story that like you're referring to it but we haven't really told it but the guy with the bat oh yes so yeah. can you can you tell that story to yes so um a few nights ago we this is this is night two of the protest um 
the first night, crazy damage. And this night, um, I'm like, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be on the block. I'm going to watch out for as many of my friends' businesses as I can. So I'm standing there. We're on the live. I'm trying to let people know, hey, this is what's going on out here. We have a peaceful, at that time, we had a peaceful protest going on. Um, the National Guard hadn't got here yet. Yeah. So this is the day before the National Guard gets here. And I see this kid walking up, and he's got one of those little bats that you get from, like, the Giants game or the A's game, little mini bats. Like, when I was yeah. a kid, I used to love those bats. It's like the dopest thing ever, right? So I see him with that shit, and I'm like, okay, this guy thinks he's about to break some shit up with this bat. So... I walk up behind him. He's got his like his mask on his face, and it's not like a mask to help me um, breathe and and stay healthy from COVID. It's a I'm about to go fuck some shit up mask, right? So he's got his I'm gonna fuck my shit up mask. He's got his hood on his head, and I walk up to him like yank his bat on his hand. Turns around, he looks at him. I'm gonna what? Fuck you gonna do? You gonna do something? Because the way I see it is that look, I know you're gonna break something with that bat. I know you are. Why'd you bring a bat out here? Who are you protecting yourself from? This is a peaceful protest. So if you have a bat out here, you're out here for some whole other shit. If anybody needs to have a bat, I should be the one having a bat because I'm worried about the cops maybe jumping up on my shit. But you have a bat. You're not here to do anything but be malicious. Anyone who comes to any of these rallies with anything other than compassion in their heart, um, anger, I get, or if you're going to have something in your hand, cameras or signs, if you got a bat, if you got a hammer, if you got a gun, you're not here for the same thing that we're here for. You're here for some other shit. Your fight ain't here. If you want that fight, you should take that fight directly to the police department while we're over here doing our protest. And they can handle y'all over there. And y'all can, y'all can fight it out. But we, ain't, we haven't got to that point where we're at a war with the fucking cops. And that's what y'all are trying to start? You know, there's guys throwing water bottles and shit at them. Like, I get you're angry. But what's throwing the water bottle at the cop going to do right now? They're just standing there. They haven't been aggressive towards us. You want to make them aggressive. No, no, no. That's not what we're trying to do. We want them to hear us. So, yeah, my, my, my deal there was like, I'm, not getting, I'm, go- I'm going to not let you get the chance to start fucking shit up. So now I have myself a brand new Giants bag. <laughs> and where you were, you were at, at the, your cycling studio, cycle studio yeah, all, all City Riders. We actually um, have talked about your business so many times on the show to the point that I was I was talking to a, a friend today about that we were going to come and talk to you. He said, oh, yeah, I know, you guys have talked about him a bunch. I, I appreciate know, yeah. that, man. Yeah, it's a cool spot. I, it sucks because the only time I went was when I was out of shape. You got your ass kicked. But right afterwards, bro, I was in the best <laughs> shape of my life. I started biking yeah. to my mom's house. I was riding 20 miles a day. I was like, fuck, I need you to go dying. back and show off a little bit. Mike came in and Mike came in and got that work. Like, Connor got it worse. Connor faked filming. Connor was... <laughs> we were vlogging, but mid, mid-class, mid he got up. He's like, fake filming. Yeah, yeah, let me get these shots. Yeah, are you trying to film me right now? Yeah, these shots real quick. He's like, yeah, I'm trying to get these action shots. Hold on. <laughs> Little bit. It's, uh, Con- it's, it's Connor's a little bit of a brick house. I, I have to, to yeah. say he's a th- he's a thick boy. Yeah, he he fits. He fits the powerlifter protocols. Yeah, yeah. sure does. The, this man, this has been great. I'm really glad that you guys. This, listen, man, I did not expect to be sitting in here crying. I really didn't. But my this entire it's been like that for a little while, man. From the COVID has us all jacked up, and when we got to this point here, I can't tell you. I don't know how much time I've spent doing one or the other. I don't know if I've spent more time crying. Or if I spent more time, and, and every time I cry, it's not because I'm like, I'm hurt. It's because, man, somebody might say something. I'm like, this motherfucker's making me cry. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, I got to do push-ups just to like, oh, we'll eat some iron. <laughs> like, I got to do something yeah. that makes me feel um, less hurt, man. But, you know, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to embrace this moment because as difficult as it is, I think it's an, an incredibly 
Um, important moment for all of us. People say shit all the time about how important times are in life. This is one of those fucking times. Like if yeah. we don't see right now, this is an important time with the people that are hurting and the way that like I've, as much as I joked about how um, some, some white people have reached out to me, I will say this to that alone, that, that move of, of taking this step and showing that, um, that you want to learn more, that you know that there's something wrong and I, I got to wake up. Listen, man, if the alarm clock goes off, it was set for four o'clock and you get up at six, you still got up. You know what I mean? We're late, but we got up. Yeah, yeah. That's the goal. And that's what we got to do here. We got to get the fuck up. Yeah. This is an opportunity to do that. We yeah. can't keep hitting that snooze button, though. It's, it's one thing we cannot do. We got to keep going. Yeah, and like you said, a little bit of follow through. That's it. A little bit of follow through on this. It's the follow through. Yeah. It's, it is uh, the easiest follow through for us to do right now is to continue to have this conversation. I don't think that white people need to be talking to black people about what, what black people can do. Because we, you know, we talked about white people need to talk to white people. Yeah. And I've even said this to people before. Like, Calling me to ask me what you can do for me is one thing. You got to call white people and ask white people, why are we doing this? Right? And, it, like, and that conversation doesn't mean, it doesn't put guilt on you. It doesn't mean that you have been uh, racist to anyone. But listen, within the black community, we have these conversations. We see ourselves on TV doing shit. Let me tell you something. Whenever there's a crime being committed... And whenever the news is saying um, blah, 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 broke into something, 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 let me tell you what every black and brown person is doing at home, holding their breath, hoping that the motherfucker they show on TV is not brown or black. Oh, please don't let this motherfucker be brown or black. Please don't let this motherfucker be brown. Like, that, those are the things that we are doing. White people got to start doing that, right? Yeah. Y'all got to start holding each other you know, accountable and just having these conversations, man. It doesn't mean, again, like, I think it... If you have never done anything racist to anyone, like, great. But if you've been sitting around and have not done anything racist to anyone, you've been watching racism happen to other people, like, you got some culpability there. Like, you, you, you do. Like you, and it doesn't make you the worst person in the world. You're not on the same level as the racist. You're not. But you got you to, gotta, we have to have some bravery. We can't, we can't expect, we can't expect our athletes to play through pain to, um, to, to make us feel good, but then not think about what that athlete might be going through on the court at that time or on the diamond or on the field at that time because he's seen black people being, brown people being murdered and brutalized. He's seen the, um, his coach is never going to get an opportunity to be the head coach. He's seeing that there's no one who looks like you who's in the front office. And then he's seeing that no owner looks like him at all. And then you go nickel and dime me for my pay. So, and kick one of our guys out of this league because he tried to tell y'all where we are right now, which is the scariest thing, is if, if we had to just listen to what Cap said three fucking years ago, maybe the country wouldn't be burning down. But what we wanted to do was make it about the flag. So what is it about now? Is it still about the flag? Is it still about the military? Are we still disrespecting those people? Because I think that Americans are disrespecting them by not having a better America. 
I, I have nothing to follow that with. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, I just want to appreciate you for coming out here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you were a no-brainer to chat with. Uh, maybe we will have these chats again, and, and I would love to you should. Come, come to you, come you to should. him, uh, and I would love to chat to you about um, different topics, too, uh, as we go on. Uh, yeah. you, you're, you're fun to chat with, man. I miss, I miss lifting weights with you. I miss seeing you a little bit more. I, I don't miss lifting weights with you because every fucking time I thought I was getting close to your ass in squats. <laughs> I did this fucking Russian squat program with this asshole. And well, I'm five eight. You, you got to okay. a little bit. First of all, we're doing the Russian squat program, and I was getting. I, this was like my first five hundred pound squat, and I was. I was like, oh, I'm about to be fucking squatting over here. I'm gonna be on the other side of the gym squatting and get the. Because the thing for me was I needed to get the respect of you guys on that side of the gym, because everybody thought I was a skinny fucking like this guy's balancing on balls and shit. He doesn't fucking work out. Yeah, the boxy ball Fuck. guy. Like God damn, I gotta get these guys to know that I fucking lift weights. So when I started to get stronger, I do the Russian squat program, and Mike jumps in on like my week six, right? Uh huh. And I'm thinking, okay, we're going to be going to fucking do What are you doing? Oh, I'm like fucking about 465 for sixes. Mike comes in and he's banging out 465 for sixes. Are you going up? Fuck you. <laughs> fuck That's all I did, though. All I did was squat. That's all going I did, up. <laughs> fuck no, I'm not going up. Fucking going out of this motherfucker. I, I, I miss lifting. I don't lift heavy anymore, man. I miss it. I miss lifting heavy. Yeah. 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 I think we all do. I, I miss lift or lifting period. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. We're missing lifting period. Where um, can people find you? Yeah, man? plug away, man. You guys can find me um, uh, on Instagram um, at the abs one uh, You can find me on Twitter um, at abs one. I think it's abs one. I don't know what my Twitter is. I think it's abs one. We Warner. can throw it in the notes. Yeah. I'll check it. Um, that, that, uh, and I'm here. I'm here at the Academy Training Performance Center at 1116 F Street, and I'm at. We're in Austin Sacramento, Riders. California. For Sacramento, the, yeah. California. For those of you, I know you guys are worldwide. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm. I'm. This is where I'm at, man. I'm here. I'm here. If you ever, if you ever looking for a place to lift, and you're in town, you can't find a place. Come see me here at the Academy. You tell me that Mike and Jim sent you. We got you. Sweet. If you, um, um, I know you guys got power lifters. Not everybody's down to ride a bike, but if you ever decide that you want to try your strength I out, think we're I think we're more versatile. Now. You got a little I more versatile. So. We'll get so. we'll get some of your bike riders down. Come down to All City Riders. Come see us. We do. Uh, we're doing live streaming now, so that's. I'm trying to learn that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that bike class was a lot of fun. I gotta I gotta get back when this mess is over. I'm Solomon Mike. You don't really need to follow me, but <laughs> but but do anyway. You can. I am at the Jim McD on all the social media. You can follow this show on Instagram. We are fifty percent facts, where percent is a word and fifties numbers, and the website's the same. And we'll talk to you next week.